What's up, guys? This is Bees Nest, a pop culture and lifestyle podcast. I am so pumped for you to hear today's show. I'm like, I'm vibrating right now because it was so much fun to record. I can only hope that it's as much fun to listen to. And it will be for a certain group of people. And I'll tell you why in a second. I just want to get through the regular stuff so we can get right to the show. Today's episode is, of course, brought to you by Cat Unique Jewelry. Cat makes the most beautiful Canadian handcrafted pieces of jewelry. I'm talking earrings, necklaces, bracelets, rings. You don't need to buy it for yourself. You should buy it for someone in your family because they are just keepsakes that you are going to pass down generation to generation. They're gorgeous. Trust me. Head to her website, katyaniga.com. That's cat, J-A-N-I-G-A.com for these beautiful pieces and use promo code Business Podcast to get 15% off. Okay, for real, we need to get to this show. I am joined by two ladies that have already come on the show. So that just tells you how much I love them. I invited them back almost immediately. Megan Ray and Megan Coley. I thought it was gonna get a little bit confusing with two Megans on the show, but they told me right off the bat, they go by MC and MW or MDubs, because we're cool like that. These two ladies just recently finished their first watch of The Sopranos entire series. So I had to get them on here so we can talk about all of our favorite, least favorite things about the show. We get into characters shocking deaths, our female MVPs. It gets controversial. I was met with some stunned faces that I'm actually so sad you can't see if you're just listening to this podcast. We also play a round of Mary Fuck Kill. Maybe that might shock you too, our choices. This is a very special episode. I'm calling it. I named it Sopran. Oh no, she didn't. It's that good. I hope it is for you too. I'm I just want to stop talking. I want you guys to listen to it right now. Enjoy the episode. Here we go. This is a very special episode. I am calling it Sopran. Oh, no, she didn't. Because I am joined by Megan Ray and Megan Coley. And I only just realized <laughs> that both of your names are Megan. So it will be very confusing. Well. <laughs> I'm just going to have to pull my just realized that too. We're just going to be calling you guys by your full name. It's going to sound like you're in trouble, but I promise you're not. Bianca, you can do what they used to do when we, when we worked at the same uh, company. I'm MC and she's MW. Oh my God. Ray. Sold. MW. Or Ray. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> we are here to talk about the 1999 phenomenon that was The Sopranos and continues to be The Sopranos because you gals just watched it all the way through for the first time during this pandemic, like two months ago. Did you guys finish? Yeah, I think it, yeah, I think we finished around the same time, didn't we? Yeah. Okay. Because I remember accidentally texting her being like, oh my God. And then be like, I was like, don't read that. Don't read that. <laughs> Spoilers are real. They are yeah. real with this show because everybody did the watch live or at least a few years ago so people are so excited to talk about this show everyone loves the sopranos so much 
that when you find that kindred mobster spirit, you're just like, mm -hmm. I need to tell you everything that I think about this show immediately. So yeah. well, that's the thing. Yeah, guys, there's so much to discuss. Yes. I'm going to give you guys just like a super quick background with me. And then I want to know why you guys started watching. But uh, for me, I remember this show when it first came out. My parents were heavy into it. My mom actually had to talk my dad into watching it because he was very much of the mindset that anything that was a mob-related content was just going to be a bad take on The Godfather. And he didn't want any part of it. Mm. And my mom had to be like, no, this show is the shit. So they watched it together and my dad is still rewatching episodes to this day. He buys like those big coffee table books that breaks down the Sopranos minute by minute. And he spoiled a huge thing in the show for me, as did my mom. They're both terrible with spoilers. And I'm going to say them now because we've all watched the show through, so it doesn't matter. But yeah. when I watched it for the first time all the way through about four years ago, my dad asked me like, oh, who's your favorite character? And I said, you know what? I really love Johnny Sack. And he's like, oh, Johnny is so great. I was so sad when he died from cancer. Oh. <laughs> Did you just? Uh, That's especially brutal with Johnny Sack because you think based on every decision he makes that it's going to be some like FBI murder or like yeah. mob hit because he's just so reckless and angry all the time that you think like there's no way this guy doesn't get hit or like he tries to put a hit on someone and it backfires or like something dramatic and spicy, but instead it's just like super tragic and sad and he's like super skinny and weak and just like crying uh, all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So I got to experience horrible, that though. with my dad and then in real time when I watched it happen. So that was really lovely. And then the second spoiler was my mom asking me like, Oh, who's Tony dating right now? And I said, Oh, Gloria. And she goes, Oh, the one who kills herself. Oh, nice. Mom. nice. Yeah, they're just terrible with it. <laughs> but so I watched it all the way through, like I said, four years ago, because my boyfriend at the time, husband now, was like, what? You haven't seen all the Sopranos? Appointment watching. We're doing it right now. Why did you guys start your binge? M-dubs, hit it. Well, first of all, you have the Sopranos to thank for your incredible marriage, clearly. <laughs> so congratulations. <laughs> um, okay, I started watching it. I, I had tried to start like a year ago and just found the first episode so excruciatingly slow and I stopped. So I had to go back and restart. But honestly, I just needed something to be like totally obsessed with during the pandemic and something that had more than like one season that I could just sit down and binge. Um, and I also heard that it was like a really good winter show or whatever, whatever that means, like a good show to binge watch through the cold like winter months. So that's what I did. All that right. also shows you how quickly I watched like six seasons of this. <laughs> so like, how long did how it take hours. you? Uh, like two months, I think. Okay. That, I, think yeah. that's, I think that's respectable. Is that reasonable? Okay. Yeah. Right. Well, for, for context, I was, I had already started it and I said, oh my God, you're going to love it. I was like, mm -hmm. I want to say when Megan Ray started, I was like three seasons in <laughs> and she caught up to me like, Immediately. Yes, so <laughs> and then I had to be like, oh shit, am I talking about a part you haven't seen yet? And I was like, yeah. And for me, maybe this is like this a sign of like a good relationship, Bianca, because for me, it was the guy who I had just started seeing was like, I'm starting to watch Sopranos. I haven't watched it ever. Um, 
we should watch it together, which is always a lovely thing when you first start dating someone, but then immediately gets so annoying because you can't watch without them. Yeah. So that was why I was like limited. And then Megan would text and be like, have you hit this part yet? Tell me if not, like, tell me what episode you're on because I don't want to spoil it. Um, but for me, so it was like partially my boyfriend now, but also partially, um, my entire childhood, my dad was like capital O obsessed. Um, and it would come on every Sunday at 10 PM. The theme song would like ring out throughout our house. And then that was like the sign that we all had to go to bed because there were about to be like very (laughs) explicit things on the TV that none of us could see. And I was always just enraged. Like, I have to know what this is. Like, it looks so good. Um, and then I recently discovered that I'm an adult now and I can do whatever I want. So I did watch it. I can see all the scenes. Luckily. Yeah. I can watch watch these brutally gory murders if I want to. Exactly. Barely though. Had to take a couple breaks there. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to try breaks. Yeah. We're going to get to our emotional breakdown. Um, so what were some of your main takeaways? You go first. So this is interesting because like background on me, I did my undergrad in philosophy, so I can get a little cerebral sometimes. I also just like smoke a lot of weed, so it's like perfect combo. Um, but like the thing that I loved about this show is that it literally like it 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 actually is tackling some huge like more like questions of morality. Um it's just so like multi-layered on the surface, it's like amazing entertainment. But when you look under this, under that surface, I actually made notes for this because I wanted to be eloquent about this. Like concepts of like masculinity and like what it means to be a man and um, what it means to be a man within like a capitalist structure. So amazing. Like what amazing commentary on that. And then also within that, like I loved the constant, the constant, desire of all these mobsters who like murder and pillage and do horrible things um to follow like a moral code within that crime like just Mm -hmm. fascinated me like the way that they would commit crime and they knew they were doing wrong things but it helped them to do those actions if they knew that they were following some kind of code Mm -hmm. um i think just speaks so much to like human nature not to get all like you know, high in your undergrad um, on you guys, but like I think about it all the Philosophy time. Philosophy one hundred and one. People, yeah, like people crave that structure. Like people really do crave, like even if they know for sure they're doing bad things, they crave the knowledge that they aren't necessarily bad people. That good people can do bad things and vice versa, which is just like so fascinating to me. I can talk about that all day. Yeah, yeah, and you're definitely yeah. absolutely hitting it when you say like they know that they're following a certain set of rules. And within these rules, what I'm doing is technically correct. And, you know, if you murder this person, the rule is that you then need to also be murdered. Those yeah. are the rules. We're just following them. We're just and it's all, for like, it's all for, like, a higher power. Like, there's so many parallels between, like, Carmela's commitment to God uh, and, like, Christopher's commitment to Tony, honestly. Like, that's a very, mm-hmm. like, simple way of putting it. But there are so many like just blindly following the leader because that's what you're supposed to do. Not questioning the rules that are in front of you, but also feeling really shitty all the time because you have to follow those rules. It's Mm -hmm. so interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like that you made that like 
connection between like Tony almost being like a god figure to everyone underneath him and like I'm no questions asked um so you were a lot more eloquent than the notes that I made <laughs> um although like I was kind of in the same realm there like I really love how I didn't feel like I didn't know any of the characters like I feel like all of their the character stories and the character arcs were perfect and they didn't skimp on anything like there was no loose end um I felt anyway and I love like a slow burn tv show which I don't think we have really anymore like I can't even think of another tv show that really like you know makes us wait for it and like you want to wait for it I don't know if that makes sense yeah no um, it does it does yeah and like also the going to like back to the whole morality thing like I love a show that makes me question like my own morals like when I am watching I'm not a mobster obviously um <laughs> that you know of but I I loved like these moments where I was like ah, oh, like Tony maybe is a good person like maybe he's only killing bad people or you know like it had me questioning like my own like who yes. the people that I'm willing to to like see beyond like what they've done and like justifying yes. their own their own things like that's so cool when you're like shit am I like a terrible person yeah like you're rooting for the bad guy because they've framed it in such a way that he's not a bad guy like I don't know if you yeah. watched Dexter but the whole time oh, yeah. during Dexter I was like I want this guy to continue doing his vengeance on these bad yeah. people but what he was doing was also horrible but the way that yeah. they like portray the character of Dexter is like you root for him you want him to, to because you see his humanity underneath it yeah, yeah totally yeah. It's like there's a vigilante or not yeah yeah you know in talking about Tony there's so many instances that they show you where he's such a huge animal lover and he hates to see animals in pain or animals be killed for for nonsense reasons that when he does kill someone you're like well he's doing it because he knows that that's what has to happen but if it was a truly yeah. innocent creature like a horse or a dog or a duck <laughs> he or would be duck. crying he would be so emotional about it and so would i so i get it tony mm -hmm. yeah that was definitely oh all so intentional when you look back on it like the 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 seemingly irrelevant scenes where he's helping someone or like putting that feed out for the ducks and like wondering why they haven't come back like you I started to think of him as like my own dad I was like yeah, that's something yeah. my own dad would do and then he goes yeah. out and like orders a hit on like six different people and you're like oh <laughs> all in a day and like I just got goosebumps like <laughs> the the part like I just like made this connection where he's like hiding his like blood money in the duck feed and like that like how they're really like punching you in the face with this like juxtaposition of this animal lover like innocent man and this like cold killer yeah mm -hmm. yeah and so many instances like when when you know the the barn burns down and the horse dies in it or when Christopher sits on Adriana's poodle and kills it and he's oh so angry to hear of these things happening and like meanwhile he's killed a few civilians in his time that have nothing to do with his gangster life but those to him were a necessary evil. Those had to happen. But the horse and the dog, unacceptable crew. Yeah, he's really cherry picking where he places his sadness, I guess. Yeah. Also, <laughs> on the show, 
sorry, there's, there's such a huge component of mental health, which is surprising for the time that it came out and obviously surprising for the crew of people that they're focusing in on. Like by the end of the show, not that Tony really understands his mental illnesses, but he's more understanding of them. Mm -hmm. And he is more upfront to tell people like, well, I have depression. That's why I'm the way I am. Whereas at the beginning of the show, everything about it was a crock of shit to him. Yeah. Yeah, that the mental health is like such a big, big piece of it. And I love that they use um, like his therapy sessions to kind of frame the stories and stuff. Like it's, it's, I mean, this is kind of off topic, but um, like the recent film Rocket Man that talks about Elton John's um, life, like the whole movie takes place around his like AA meeting. And I just think that's such an interesting entry point into like, like excavating his brain, I guess. Yeah, totally. I think it also symbolizes, and like we saw this a lot with Tony, where he would try and leave, leave therapy and be like, I'm, I'm better now. And then quickly learn that that's like not how it works. Um, I think there's like, that's a similar thing is like, for a show that was made in that time to be teaching people that mental illness and mental health is like a lifelong journey and not just like a moment in time. That was like huge. That must've been so transformative for people, Mm -hmm. especially the people who are interested in like mob stories. Like I'm picturing like the macho Italian American first generation man who feels he has to be all of these things and then sees this larger than life character like breaking down because the ducks didn't come back to his pool you know it's heartbreaking a hundred percent um okay let's get into some of our categories for the show today favorite characters and let me know if it changed halfway through the show so mc why don't you hit it off okay um so we all need to give just like a moment of respect to Polly galtieri like i love that man me and my boyfriend <laughs> when we're like making a joke we go like this and we go like <laughs> <laughs> like you do the bullhorns <laughs> yeah sorry i forgot this is a podcast we do his little like hand signal thing where he's like um i just loved him for like comedic relief i think everything that came out of his mouth was adorable um yeah loved him but honestly my all-time like ultimate ultimate character was adriana r.i.p um she for me just represented everything i loved about the show like her undying love for christopher her like blind naivety about the whole situation that she was in um her like i really related to her on a personal level um when she had uh bowel issues due to anxiety um what a relatable situation um but uh you would too like, if you were in the mob oh my god i, you I would have ideas watching i would i would be i would have to live next to a toilet um yeah no i just loved everything about her and like how loyal she was even though she was treated like shit um and like how how she framed situations in her mind to like make it seem better than it was like I I just felt I felt sorry for her at times I also felt like she was empowered and um like she felt like she was in control at times I just thought it was a really interesting look into how 
things like the mob effect, like the, the, the peripheral characters of a person's life. Um, and yeah, so she's got to be my top. Yeah. 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 And to your point, her being a side character to the mobsters, it's like, she's not in the mob, but she is in the mob. She knows Mm -hmm. what's going on, but she also just has like this really beautiful innocence to her where she thinks like, well, not my Christopher, maybe them, but not my Christopher. He's a good guy. Christopher. Christopher. I know. Always. Christopher. Christopher, we could get away from your baby. (laughs) Stop doing drugs, Christopher. That's a little low. You need help, Christopher. (laughs) Do it for me, baby. Oh, gosh. Um, So I also, Polly is one of my favorite characters, too. (laughs) Just because, yeah, the comedic relief, um, the hair, the, the, (laughs) just everything about him and how he's like the, I don't know, it's interesting. He's just a very interesting character because I feel like he's, he's a terrible person, but he kind of neutralizes, I feel like, our feelings of the mob. He's like one of the more like innocent mobsters. I don't know if that's, that's how I feel about him. Um, okay, not innocent yeah. as in like having <laughs> a lot of shit. <laughs> not no, innocent in that way. I just I think agree, he seems though. like childlike. Yeah. Know, almost. Okay. Yeah. Like, like he, he doesn't like really plastic, get what he's doing. The plastic covers on his couch. Yeah. <laughs> like, and what, yeah. like the painting, his fascination with that painting that, of the horse and Tony that he like can't get, look, get, can't let go of. Like there are so yeah. many parts where he literally, yeah, childlike was the perfect way to put it. He just like, doesn't seem to have any yeah. like m- maliciousness behind him. He just does things because yeah. that's the way that they've always been done. And like his search for his mom, like just really was like, yeah. Um, and also Janice is my favorite. I wow. Was, what? Controversial. I, I know. But I what just a I don't know. I love her. I think Why? She's so she's so annoying. I she's literally so annoying. Wanted to murder her. Yeah, me too. But I just think <laughs> if a character can get such a visceral reaction out of me, it means like there's something there like that I can kind of relate to almost yeah that's um, true. and I just think she's really like really well written and interesting um I guess yeah I should only probably choose two but I also really like Christopher oh yeah okay me yeah. too yeah as a character I, I would have banged Christopher whoa 100%. all right hundred okay. <laughs> percent yeah yeah I'm into it um but on your point about Janice, I saw her, like, the actor. So, like, I didn't really know about her at all. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen her in anything super current. But I saw her in an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. And she was oh. playing a completely different character, like, strictly comedy character. And I was, like, blown away because the only person I knew her as was Janice. Like, this very fucked up person yeah. who grew up, like, inside a criminal family and I was so impressed by like her skill just as an actress straight yeah. like she's she's so good you're right she does like make you think about yourself yeah yeah and she's also kind of like the like the female Tony but we see her in such a different light like I see Tony as like the strong super masculine person but then you have Janice and she's like 
seems weak and feeble and like I don't know. Yeah, and she tries to be like Tony. Yeah. yeah. She, lets also- emotions, she lets her emotions take over a lot, but when you really mm-hmm. step back and look at it, so does Tony. So I think if yeah. she were a man, she probably would have been the head of one of the families herself. Definitely. Um, interesting point to some of the characters. Johnny Sack, Janice, and Uncle Junior have all been judges on Law & Order, and Carmela has been like a defense attorney. And it's hilarious to see them in the Justice yeah. Department after yeah. you left on The Sopranos. And I'm surprised Phil, they didn't just like burst into flames. Phil <laughs> is in like a blues band too. The Phil is from, from Bruce Springsteen's E Street Band. Yes. yes. That's it. <laughs> wow. Cut that out. And just replace like that with E Street Band. Phil <laughs> is one of, my, one of my favorites because I think he's one of the, the quiet types that just sits back and lets everybody have their rage moment. And then he'll come in as almost the voice of reason, like, yeah, but he's a made guy. So uh, what are we doing? <laughs> he's always he's reading a fucking spoken. newspaper. I'm like, he's always in the background, just like quietly having his lunch, reading his newspaper. And then he's like, hey, eating a sandwich. Yeah. And he, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like him for hey, that. See, maybe we should uh, hold off on blowing up our entire lives for a second. <laughs> I also love Johnny Snack. As I said off the top, he is fabulous. And honestly, his love for his wife and his body positivity, the whole run through, I stand a body positive king. Also for, again, like for that time period. Yes. Just a very like, I mean, that kind of story is like, amazing even now in like current tv shows yeah yeah. like i don't know you instagrammed uh, a shot of him telling tony that he doesn't want any more jabs at his wife's weight because it's oh what does he say he's like it's hurtful and hurtful it's the it's like unhealthy yeah (laughs) like important points that he makes yeah he 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 basically i can't remember either but he points to the fact that like it's oh it's it's uh unintelligent yeah 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 which is so ahead of its time it's like a low blow it's wild. yeah and yeah. even when his like wife is dieting and trying to to get smaller like he his his anger towards her is because she's always just hiding that she's still mm-hmm. snacking and he says like i just want you to be healthy i think you're beautiful but you don't yeah. need to hide all these snacks and like shame eat by yourself that scene where he comes he comes home you know without she doesn't realize and she's like going down to the basement to have her candy bars and he comes home and at first yeah he's he's angry and my back got up I was like what is he going to do to her like do I need to and then he comes around and is like it's again this mental health thing he yeah he's like you're beautiful you don't need to hide like you can be open about like your struggles and I was like yeah and doesn't he say something too that's like you aren't the or I'm not the one who cares what you eat yeah like you're the one who you're the one who thinks you need to be this way why are you hiding junk food in the basement you can just have it out in plain sight no one here is gonna like judge you for that I was like yeah yeah why (laughs) what outrageous and I love him so much for it I also love me some Rosalie 
She's just so okay. much fun. Oh my god. She's yeah. so hot. She has had such a tragic fucking storyline, but she is still always upbeat. And she's always there for Carmela, even though her own life is just constantly in fucking turmoil. I had Rosalie as an honorable mention. Yeah. So. Fabulous. Yeah. I love that little little accent she has. She's like kind of New York, but kind of still Italian. She'd be like, hi, Tony. (laughs) (laughs) I had that with her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of love Charmaine, too. Oh, Charmaine is so cool. Oh, I fuck with Charmaine and her tits. (laughs) Honorable mention to Charmaine's tits. I don't know how Artie Puko ever looked away. Literally, she's the hostess, and her tits are, like, up to here. Yeah. Bridgerton boobs. I know. That's why why Artie's mind is always just a little bit flummoxed. He doesn't know what's going on. Artie is like at the bottom of my list and he doesn't even, he's not even a criminal, but I literally fucking hated that guy. If he wasn't complaining, he was like super like wasted and saying really inappropriate yep. things and like, oh, okay. He so kind of reminds that, me of like, sorry. No, I was just going to say like, are we getting into least favorites? Is that your pick oh, MC? Oh, that's um, the vibe I think we're going into now. <laughs> yeah. You like, you know, we we love focusing on the negative here with the Megans. <laughs> We're always like automatically worse. Yeah, um, Artie kind of reminds me of like dating right now, like <laughs> the kind of men that are just so not emotionally intelligent and are just like kind of using women to like figure themselves out, and that's like why I hate him. I hate him too. What an what an amazing analogy because. I think that's probably the reason I, I like, I dislike him so much is he never, he never looks inward to be like, maybe I'm the problem. It's always mm-hmm. like everything around me is shit. I'm a good guy. Yep. I've never done anything wrong, but he has, and we've watched him. Um, but mm-hmm. like, why do bad things keep happening to me? And I think that's why I, it's, it was so much easier for me to sympathize with a character like Christopher, because he would do bad things and then have moments where he's like, holy shit, I suck. How do I yeah. live with myself? And Artie's doing, you know, he's not killing people, but he is like a dick. And he just mm-hmm. never has the moment where he's like, hey, maybe the reason my wife left me and Tony's not talking to me and nobody wants to come to my, re- like the whole thing with his restaurant being bad and everyone being like, Artie, your restaurant's bad. And he's like, no, it's not. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> also like the scene, the, the little scenes where he comes over to like talk to people and they're like, can you please let us like leave me alone? Like, yeah. That incessant, annoying. Yeah. You just know if, like, you said, "Oh, I did my, I did a PhD in like physics." You'd be like, "Oh, I read an article once. Um, here's everything I know. It must be more than what Mark. you know because you're a little woman." Mansplainer. <laughs> yeah, like he definitely takes up two seats on the subway. He's wow. that guy. Yeah. I was not yeah. expecting so much Artie Buko hate. I feel Neither like he didn't register for me. I'm like, he's so such a non-entity for me. I'm just like, all right, shut the fuck up already. Get back into the kitchen. Your life is <laughs> your mine. Who's your least favorite, Bianca? Um, I feel really <laughs> awkward saying this now because you guys put so much love. I fucking hate Polly so <gasps> much. <gasps> what? The whole, the whole <laughs> series. I was like, when is this guy getting a shot in the wow. fucking face? Oh so I don't God. have to hear him anymore. Wow. Oh my Why? god. Just because he's annoying? He's annoying. He's dumb. 
He's such an asshole to the woman who raised him after he finds That's out. Good. That's, That's a good true. point. Like him saying like, you're not my mother. It's like, really? Cause I fucking raised you your whole goddamn life. Mm-hmm. But I think that speaks to like the Italian, okay Italian upbringing I'm not Italian but I think it speaks to the like blood but then yeah. also mobsters they're not all blood related but they're like family so I, I think but I think that is supposed to be intentionally confusing for Polly because I think yeah I think he is grappling with that like like change of frame and change of perspective because they're like his life was one way for so long yeah. Um, and, and I think he is one of the people in the show who is constantly relying on others to tell him what to do. Like he, mm. Tony tells him what to do and his mom tells him what to do. So to lose one of those major figures in his life was just like, probably so disorienting for him. I might be being more empathetic than I know. Sorry, I'm still I all the way out on him. I hate him so much. I also, one of my least favorite characters, but he is, he's seriously like a very necessary evil. Um, is AJ and I think no, he's my least favorite too wait I have- wait I have my argument I have my argument why he's so he's important to the show in so many ways he is everything that Tony hates in himself yes. he's uh, weak. yes he's an innocent child sensitive. yeah he's so sensitive I wrote he has his own mental bit. health issues that he's <laughs> only starting to understand He's, you need him there because you need Tony to really be faced with his own worst traits, but that kid needed so many more slaps to the face. Oh my God. I wanted him to go off to, um, what do they do in the States? Like a army school or whatever? Yeah. Oh, I wanted that so bad. Oh, I would have loved a couple scenes of him just getting his shit rocked. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. But that scene, though, where he, you know, kind of half-heartedly tries to kill himself, and then Tony saves him. Yeah. Like, was that, like, what do you guys think about that scene? Because so I don't thinking know. About it, thinking about it the way that Bianca framed it, it's kind of interesting, because up until that point, Tony had just been like, fuck AJ, I don't want to look at him, I don't want to be around him, I don't want to talk yeah. to him, like, he, I can't get through to him. Um, but how instantaneously he jumped in and and saved him and was like, what did you do? What happened? I Mm -hmm. think is, is actually now, and maybe I'm reading too much into this, but it actually reflects a lot of how Tony treats himself. And going back to my earlier point about how he kept leaving and reentering therapy, it's almost like he kept abandoning himself and then waking Mm -hmm. up one morning and being like, wow, I just had like three panic attacks in a row. I almost killed myself behind the wheel of my car. Maybe this you know, I need to pay more attention. Um, and then mm-hmm. after that, he, he, I think it was a wake up call for him with his relationship with AJ too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. The scene where he yeah. calls AJ, like his putrid jeans, just like, Ooh, to his face. Chilling. <laughs> to his face. Ouch. But I will yeah. say like the way that you guys do Polly Walnut's hand gesture I I say about a million times a day, yeah, sucks to be you. <laughs> All the time. That is my go-to. I will also love that. Love, I always throw out a no fucking ziti for nothing. <laughs> it doesn't even fit with whatever's happening in my life, but I'll just look around an empty room and be like, so no fucking ziti? 
What's the thing? Every time, every time anyone is cooking, I'll just be like, gabagool? <laughs> no gabagool? No gabagool? Literally, Where's the freaking gabagool? The first, like, two weeks of me constantly binging, and I mean, like, every hour of every day, I was unemployed, so it was literally just a Sopranos, like, house here. Um, I went home for my brother's birthday, I think it was, and had a few drinks, and um, all anybody said the next day was, uh, last night you thought you were Carmela Soprano and you kept flipping people off and, um, <laughs> and talking in like a Jersey accent and just being like, I'm fucking Carmela Soprano. Like, what do you want? <laughs> what are, oh, that's when I always say too. What do you know? What do you say? <laughs> Iconic. You do uh, the Carmela hand gesture to bring people to you? Oh yeah. <laughs> my baby does that. honestly I, I felt like <laughs> <laughs> I felt like after finishing it I was like in the show for <laughs> you know yeah yes I know I like wonder where they are now yeah 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 not doing well I would guess no. Well, I found well. Meadow, I found the actress who played Meadow Soprano on Instagram and was just devastated at what I found. She's not, <laughs> she's not the daughter of a mobster. Mm, she's like a, no. she's like a celebrity living in Los Angeles and she has kids. It's super weird. Yeah, but look at Christopher. Look at Christopher. He's like a meditation guru now. So Shut up. And I yeah. think he's like heavy into behind the camera work now. Like he's directing. He also mm -hmm. looks great. I'm I'm not on the bad wagon of fucking Christopher. I think he's so gross. But now he's like yeah. he's grown into his looks and he's got like the salt and pepper hair and he looks good. Oh, yeah. and like a beard. Yeah. I'm gonna yeah. follow him immediately. <laughs> like watching the show, watching the show, I kept thinking to myself, God, he fully has a unibrow. Yes. Would still fuck him. Would still fuck him. <laughs> like I'm into the unibrow on Christopher. I don't okay, know. That really bothers me because I can't imagine that there was no like makeup person behind the scenes who was like, just let me pluck a couple <laughs> fucking hairs. I know, I know, but you know what? Like with a show like this, I, my, the way I think of it is like, they must have made, like they, they saw those details and they intentionally chose not to change that for a reason, I think. Like, I okay, think that says something about Christopher's character, you know? I also can't imagine that somebody as, you know, quote unquote, polished and glamorous as Adriana wouldn't be like, hey, babe, why don't you let me take a stab at, at that little patch right in there? I yeah, but do you think he would let her anywhere near his face? I don't think unless they were fucking, I think he was like, get away from me. <laughs> Maybe yeah, not high enough, like just do a little heroin pass out. I would just take a real quick wax strip to it. You wouldn't even know. Wouldn't even know, yeah. Okay, let's get let's get super depressing and talk about the most shocking death. I think we all have pretty much the same one, but I also have a couple additionals. So MC, you already look super emotional. So start it off before you cry. I was literally traumatized by this. Um, Adriana's murder and the way that they frame it in the show is so unbelievably shocking that up mm -hmm. until the point she literally reaches the forest with um, Syl, uh, I was like, there's no way. There's literally no yeah. way. And then I'm like, this has all the makings of a hit. <laughs> I'm watching it unfold. <laughs> 
But in my mind, I'm like, please no, please no, please no. It's like Bambi. Like when I was a kid, I'd watch Bambi and be like, I know Bambi's mom is gonna die, but maybe this mm-hmm. time it'll be different. And I just I could not wrap my head around Christopher doing that. And then he does it. And then still her own uncle is the one who does the hit. And then they yeah. all have to lie to everyone, like Carmela for months wondering where aid went. Oh my God, everything. And how, tr- I think ultimately the biggest heartbreak of that whole thing was just she trusted all of these people. She thought of them as family in a true sense, not in a mob sense. Yeah. And she trusted that if she got into trouble, they would take care of her. And they just so quickly betrayed her. Like just yeah. nothing. It was, it was, it was that moment. And it was pretty late in the show, but it was that moment when I realized, holy shit, like nobody cares about anybody. Really. Mm-hmm. They care about you so long as you maintain the secret and like we'll go so, down with the ship. So long as you contribute to the secret. The second yeah. you even, I think even the second, and it, with aid, this was a faster faster switch but I think even the second you start to become neutral and not in support of the organization you are instantly an enemy like there's just no there's no um like getting off course yeah yeah honestly I was I was like more surprised that Tony was willing to than Christopher I don't know I kind of saw that like yeah like Christopher loved her but like does he really love anyone um and Tony actually, like, do you remember the scene where Ralph kills, um, he beats the crap out of um, one of the dancers? Yeah. And Tony seems, like, really affected affected by that. And I was, I was more shocked that, like, he would let this happen. But, yeah, like, up until the point where she's, like, holding onto the steering wheel and just, like, screaming, oh, my God, it's so sad. Yeah, I just yeah. couldn't, I took a break after that. I couldn't watch. Same. I hated all of them. Yeah. Yeah. I was in the fetal position for quite a while after that episode ended. And I also needed like two or three days to really come to terms with it. And then even starting the next episode is just like, I can't believe they did her so dirty. I I know. And how willingly they all believe this lie about her, about her like fucking off and being with another man. Like, oh, they know her. And that, that to me was like, okay, now I know for sure that this is a group mm-hmm. of sociopaths because yeah. they literally believed the lie. You could see it in their head. Like the only way that it would work is for them to fully believe it. So that's yeah. what they did just so instantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any woman who's not 100% behind this organization and behind her man is just a hua. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's where, that was the point where I really started to hate Carmela because I really loved her until I was like, girl, you know everything that's happening, but you love your Audi, you love your Porsche Cayenne, you love your nails. Yeah, and all those jewels. But she also loves her family and knows that, like, it's like this back and forth, I think, that they have to, like, maintain. Like, she knows she would be off if she did anything, too. Yeah. That's kind of why I loved her character, though, because <laughs> um, more than anyone else, she owned that. Like she was never, she never shied away from being like, I like living the life that I live. So go out mm-hmm. and do what you need to do to give me it. Um, yeah. 
and and you see her struggle with it like I think they played it up more in the beginning with the priest and like she was always talking about her religion and clearly leaning on that as a crutch as a way to like make herself feel better for what she was involved in but by the end Mm -hmm. she just kind of fucking owned it and I was like okay at least this female character is like fully is fully realized in her awfulness um and she's not beholden to a different level of morals than her male counterparts you know what I mean up until that point I think they kept saying oh maybe Carmela is like more emotional maybe because she's more like uh introspective as a woman she's less able to become like a full-fledged criminal but by the end Mm -hmm. she just is and she doesn't you can see like she's fully on board with what she what she knows yeah Mm -hmm. totally yeah. Any other, any other, my shocking, like one of my top shocking deaths is that dancer that Ralphie beat to death, Tracy. Yeah. Because same. we got to spend like the whole episode with her and she was just another totally innocent young girl who was just wrapped up yeah. in this life was just a bit too big for her. The fact that they gave her braces just made her seem even younger. I think she yeah. was supposed yeah. to be like around Meadow's age, like 19, 20. And yeah. the fact that he just mercilessly and had spent the entire episode just treating her like a bag of garbage, mm-hmm. just really at the end of it, when it was all said and done, I was super emotional about it. Yeah. I was too. You know, what murder really shocked me because I didn't think she would go through with it is, um, oh my God, what is that guy's name? I'm blanking now. His brother was the old boss and he gets out of jail. Richie Aprile. When Janice just fucking whacks him. Oh yeah, oh my God. Holy shit, I literally was like, (laughs) what? Like I knew she was kind of cuckoo, but I did not think she would go through with legit murder. And then she just does it. And then instantly I was like, Tony, I need your help. I was like, oh my God, she's (laughs) as cold blooded as the rest of them. Yeah. But I don't, I don't think she's, I, to me, that seemed more like a crime of passion and like being triggered by this person. Mm-hmm. And she did it without really like pre, like wasn't premeditated. No, for sure. No, he for sure. By <laughs> and she just went off. Yeah. Yeah. That was she wild. Can we, can we also just for a moment talk about the fact that she has a kid somewhere yeah. that we never meet? Oh yeah. Yeah. That's it. That I always expected him to kind of just pop up and he never did. And he had, he had a funny name, but he changed it to Hank. I forgot about yeah, that. And he, he was up in Canada, wasn't he? Or yeah. on the streets of yeah. like Montreal or something. I also yeah, loved, I loved uh, every so often Tony would have like a little jab, like, oh yeah, when you gave all that whole band blowjobs, <laughs> she'd be like, Tony, job! <laughs> also the fucking tattoo guys i oh, can't so good tattoo. oh my god the titty tat. Like, oh and it's a full tongue yeah <laughs> like what Atta girl it's the it's the her, Jones tongue right yeah yeah her weird relationship with ralph too like i'm trying to fully understand that like all that stuff <laughs> i mean that was she like, moved, well, she moved through, the, like through those mobster men, like, she did pretty, pretty easily. Ended up with poor Bobby, who did not, did not deserve that kind of fucking stress in his life. Someone yeah. should have just helped Bobby and his kids and his trains pack up and move elsewhere. Yeah. Poor fucking mm-hmm. Bobby, back, Bobby Bacala. 
Yeah. <laughs> I also I also harbor a special place in my heart for Big Pussy. I felt really bad when he he got yeah. old. And his sweet little like just not in the face. Like, oh yeah. I know. I know. Yeah, that was tragic. Although like he did the number one thing you're not supposed to do. So the second he did it, I and and he was so nervous all the time. I was like, oh, this guy's never gonna live. Yeah, like never I saw it, it coming. Like he was always fumbling with the cords as he's putting them I know. on. I'm like, <laughs> and like, I'm like hiding them in his bathroom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, but also, his like, wife would knock, and he'd like throw them all over the place. And, like you need to <laughs> get tangled. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just like shout out to '90s technology being as big as humanly fucking possible. Yeah, because like oh. four feet of wire just wrapped around him with this shoe-sized box. Uh huh. How are you I know. To fucking hide that. I know. And then like two seasons later, they get that guy to uh, uh, spy on Tony with like the camera and the hat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, technology's advancing quickly here, folks. Suddenly this <laughs> one single hat can transmit audio and video. Okay. That's how fast things Jersey's got it going on. I think it's also like, I just want to mention Christopher. Like, I don't think it was shocking that he died, but I think it was really sad that he didn't have a, you know, he was terrible. Yes. But he didn't have a chance to redeem himself or like stay sober. And that, that was really sad, I yeah, think. I agree. No, I agree. Yeah. I think his commitment to sobriety made him so fucking endearing to me. Like, the way that he would um, rely on literally what he was learning from, like, the 12-step program and, like, teach others. Be like, it was the number one thing I learned in AA. And then, like, re- recite a line. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, he's really literally trying to, like, be better and get out. But then he would like, also you'd see him leaving meetings being like, fuck that shit. And then like, and then when, you know, I can't remember the guy's name, but he met him in 12 steps and totally like made him relapse, like incited his relapse for his benefit. So it's also the the movie guy. Yeah. Yeah. I forget his name. Yeah. It was, yeah. He was so, it was almost like he was two people. Like he would flip mm -hmm. flop back and forth and yeah. and assume whatever like suited him in the moment so interesting yeah. he was such an interesting character yeah yeah for me because it came so late in the series and because he didn't get like the kind of quote unquote hero's death that some of the other guys got where they were killed you know in the game um i honestly at that point was just like yeah christopher's got to go he's a liability yeah. at this point He's on shaky ground all the time now. Mm-hmm. I still harbor a grudge for Adriana, so I'm just like, yeah, you know. Yeah. That's what happened. I, was, well, I think it was. I think it was an appropriate death for him. And it I was the right time. It was, it was respectful too, in in a weird way. Like he didn't die in vain in front of a ton of people. He was put out of his misery, and I mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I was surprised that Tony didn't have more of a moment about that. Like, he just did it so quickly. Like, he turned on his mom boss, like, persona, Mm -hmm. and never looked back. I really thought he would have a moment where he was like, holy shit, Christopher. Like, I, he, he, they have so many moments where you look at them as father and son, and he just did it so quickly. I don't know, maybe he viewed it as putting him out of his misery, too. Yeah. Like, putting down an animal. Yeah. Yeah. I think he felt that because this kid had relapsed yet again and 
the the quick shot of the tree branch that would have killed a child had there been one in that in that baby seat in the car i think that just flipped the switch for him and was like i will never be able to 100% trust this guy yeah. he is always right on the edge and if it's not the drugs that are going to fully push him over like who knows how he'll do if he's the next one to get picked up by the fbi yeah mm -hmm. yeah and the the aspect of kids is so interesting because they are all products of mobsters so there's also this added layer of like they don't want to to pass on the fucked upness that was their lives to their children but they kind of fall into it just like because that's all they know that's the only life that they know like i almost wonder if tony saw that as a as an opportunity to protect kids who weren't his own because he's already looking at how his life affects meadow and aj mm -hmm. i don't know but you also kind of see like how complacent they are in their own lives too like meadow was like going on to be this doctor and then you know didn't really like was like i don't know like i don't know i felt this like level of complacency as well that yeah they didn't want them to be like mobsters but they also like didn't seem inspired by their own lives yeah, yeah. They just facilitated this easy life for their kids where Meadow could flip-flop between law school and med school. And AJ, like, I love the scene where he's like, do you know how much it costs to get bottle service at the club every night? It's like $1,000. Yeah. And they're just yeah. like, why are you doing yeah. that? Like, because you've provided him with this sweet ride and an amazing allowance and you let him go to the city whenever he wants. Like, of course your kids are always going to Yeah, what do you expect? Like, coasting yeah. through life yeah. yeah and it's like the two it's a double-edged sword because it's like you want them to have everything you didn't have but you also are aware of a what you have to do to get it and b like what you're exposing them to in the process so it's like which one's better like it's a lesser of two evils at that point yeah mm -hmm. um yeah. let's move into our super fun game because we don't have a ton of time left and there's still like so many fucking things i need to talk to you guys about <laughs> Um, so we're going to play a round of marry, fuck, kill. And just right off the bat, I want to just make sure a hundred percent of the people in this conversation would, if given the chance, fuck Tony Soprano. I'm a hot yes. 1000% yes. Yes. M dubs. What, at what point in the season are we? <laughs> <laughs> Episode I've one would do it <laughs> i don't know i'm on the fence no, because he only gets more powerful that's got to have a little he's bit of taste player. to it he's kind of a player uh, i don't know oh I yeah. i'd fuck him today yeah dang well, i don't know i'm <laughs> on the fence okay i also like i'm so into his like vibe aesthetically like i don't know what it is but like I just love his body. I love the I love his body. I like his Everything belly. Everything about him. I love his belly. I want to like put my face on it. <laughs> I love, you know what? I love me a juicy man. Oh, Thank I you. just, I love his boxers and the robe with the oh, newspaper. Yeah. <laughs> He's such no, a boss. I, I love Polly's style. Like the Polly <laughs> yeah. style on, on Tony and then 
I think I'd be more likely. Oh my God. I also though too, I will say like Tony rocks a well-tailored suit. Oh yeah. Really well. It looks great on him. He looks taller. He looks broader. But if we analyze the sex scenes, he doesn't really do that much. No, you know? he literally it's always just the women on top. Yeah. He's like, and that's or it. he's and just, he's just underneath. Let the girl do all the work. Which I'm into. I'm not down for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not down for that. <laughs> all right, okay. so two very different vibes here, but um, yeah. Okay, all right. Um, M-dubs, marry, fuck, kill, go. Okay, assuming they're all still alive, <laughs> marry Johnny Sack, fuck Furio. How have we not talked oh! about Furio yet? Oh. <laughs> and kill Ralph, for sure. Yeah, Ralph's up. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Furio, <laughs> I would marry Furio. Furio is my Mary. Wow. Yeah. That's a good one. His, his, his dedication to Carmella. And and also, then you can just, like, go to Italy. Hello. <laughs> ruthless killer, though. <laughs> ruthless. He is a ruthless killer, but I feel like that would make him ballin' in bed. <laughs> Which is why I'd fuck him and not marry him. <laughs> yeah, true, true. Well, you can just fuck him whenever she wants. <laughs> yeah. yeah. True. You're right. You can You're be right. the guma. Those silk shirts. <laughs> Megan's into it. And like, the ponytail? like. I love it. I'm not a pony mm. girl. <laughs> Me neither, but Man I'm into Furio's pony. Yeah. Okay. Not that pony. Um, and I kill Christopher because I've never forgiven him for killing Aid. Good for you. Who was your fuck? Here. Uh, oh, I'd fuck Tony, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Any day of the week, breakfast, lunch, Wait, and dinner. also, I'd like to add, Fur- I'd fuck Furio or Aid. Like, I think they would both be great. Three uh, Agree. Agree. Oh my God. I need to go back through the series and count how many times they have Adriana just in lingerie in a way that yeah. adds nothing to the storyline. She's just in I'm the like, background, brawn panties, six-inch heels, folding yeah. laundry. Yeah, but her ass? Come on. Her ass, her ass abs? Oh, my, oh my God. God. I, know. I know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I will marry Tony. <laughs> Mama likes oh. fine, expensive things. <laughs> okay. I want the fur coats that are faux fur. Oh, I yeah, want yeah, the yeah. jewels. I want the trips to Paris with the Louis Vuitton full of cash. Mm-hmm. That was, I mean, I that was like super dope. Yeah, Birthday I think we all... job. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I will fuck Jackie Jr. Oh! oh. Controversial, but I'm into it. I also considered him. Yeah. My problem, my only thing with him is that he's only like 21, so it won't be, I know, it won't be really good, but he's super hot. Uh, Oh, on contraire, a young stallion can go forever. (laughs) So, you might just have to show him the ropes a little. Yeah, I do think he has a lot of tricks up his sleeve, but yeah, just we can work with it. We're good. Yeah. And I'm yeah, sorry, lady, like but touch your boobs a lot. Oh, oh, he would be just all about just boobs. all about the tit grab. Like, move on. Yeah, he's a boob guy. Ladies, <laughs> I am gonna kill Polly because he fucking sucks. R.I.P. 
Moving on. Done. Um, <laughs> okay. Our last-ish category is your female MVP. And I just think it's crazy that we really haven't even talked about Melfi. She's number one on my list. Okay. So. She was mine too. She yeah. is not mine. So you two talk it out and I will hit you with the most controversial take of this podcast. I'm calling it now. MW, go ahead. Okay. So yeah, I wrote final answer Melfi because I have a little paragraph here that I'm looking at at the female MVPs. Um, I just think she's like the biggest badass to try and help this person who's like clearly so unwilling to be helped. Um, and I love like watching her like, you know, realize that she has a lot of shit she needs to work on. And at the end, I'm like, damn, she is like the most fucked up character now because she's so traumatized by trying to help a mobster and like being afraid for her life. Um, I wanted to say that Carmela was my MVP because I loved like all the moments when she gave Tony shit. Um, but <laughs> yeah. Get the fuck my, out of this yeah. house. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Melfi was is it, definitely my number one. Megan, was it you who sent me the video of her when he's like, when Tony's like, this, this is orange juice with pulp. She's like, you like orange juice with pulp. And he's like, I, this some is pulp. lots of pulp. I want some pulp. And she just whips the <laughs> phone at his head. <laughs> I could watch that, that scene all day. Oh my god, so good! Um, I love that I he, he brings it outside. Like she's yeah. outside on the phone all the way to where this has bothered him is. so much that he's walked that OJ out the fucking door, and he's like, uh -huh. "It was pulp." I like so only to pulp. drink it out of the fucking carton too, like an animal. Like he's so glad. <laughs> um, I agree man though. that you guys want to marry and have sex with. By the way, so. yeah. I would, I would know to get him some pulp. <laughs> I would just not make mistakes. Yeah. yeah. Um, I treat my I man like a though. king. <laughs> I agree, Ray. Um, Melfi for me was my bet, my favorite top MVP because she literally undergoes like a life altering realization that maybe some people just can't be helped. But she like at her core believes that she could, that everyone can be helped and deserves help. So yeah. watching her experience that is like heart wrenching, but also admirable. Um, and then the whole like sort of subplot with her ex husband being so disgusted at the way that the mob like portrays Italian Americans, mm -hmm. and her like coming to his defense and yeah. and trying to understand the like moral code that we were talking about earlier. I just think she, she not only was she so so fascinating to watch but she just she the way that they included her and those therapy sessions in the show was so skillful like it just moved mm -hmm. everything along in such a interesting way that I just every time she's on the screen I was like I love her my boyfriend like fully if he played Mary fuck kill he Melfi would be his fuck okay. he has like such a crush on Melfi men are all I, over Melfi I'm so the sex, glad the sex never... dream the what the sex dreams Tony has about her? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So hot. I'm so glad that they never actually had sex, though. Like, Me so too. glad. I know. But do you think there's an element there of Melfi, like, kind of liking the glamour and, like, chaos of helping a monster, too? Like, yeah. she's, like, kind of reckon with that as well. 
Totally. And I think that's the, the same thing we've been talking about that we watch all these characters reckon with, which is that they all want to be close to it because of the benefits that come to them. She likes, mm -hmm. she likes the protection Tony provides her. She likes the gifts she gets. Like she acts like she doesn't, but you can tell that she is excited even by just, like the prospect of being close to that kind of crime. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, she is like morally opposed to it. And I think you see Tony call her out on that contradiction all the time because he's like, what the fuck? Like, you yeah. you know exactly what I do, but then I do it for you and you get mad? Like, I got mm -hmm. your car back. Was it her car? Or, no, it was a teacher's, was car. teacher's car. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was her son's car. teacher or something? Was that for Melody? I think it was or not? No, that was AJ's was teacher. Oh, yeah. No, anyway, he does like a couple things for her where she clearly is like comfort. Oh, she he sends somebody to watch her house after she was raped. Right. right. And yeah, she's clearly right. like comforted by that. And he's like, mm -hmm. I helped you, but you know, so you benefited from what I do for a living, but you know that it's bad, but you, you still took it. Yeah. So it's like, she acts like mm -hmm. a little bit high and mighty about it, but I think you're totally right. She is definitely excited by it. And she talks mm -hmm. about him so much to her own therapist who is yeah. also in turn excited about it. And he's always just like, so what's, what's the goss on Sopranos? What's happening? <laughs> that guy with his freaking water bottle oh next my to God. his chair. Super leader he water always, bottle. He was always opening and closing it and being like, so, like trying that casual. This is the latest on our <laughs> mob boss. Like, this is not fucking yeah. a gossip yeah. magazine. Speaking to, to her, her level of morality, like I thought the episode where she was raped and just had such an easy way to get rid of that guy and like get a little bit of vengeance and her own kind of justice by turning Tony Soprano on it. And at the last second just decided not to, like, I don't think I'm that good of a person. I think yeah. I definitely have been like, I'm going to give you this note. It has a certain person on it. Do what yeah. you do with that information. Yeah. 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 It's, 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 sorry, I was just going to say, it was interesting, too, to see how little she trusted the authorities, like, mm -hmm. because of what she knew about what Tony was doing and how he was getting away with it. Like, she knew all the inner workings of that family, and she knew that the authorities were complicit in that. So mm -hmm. I found that really interesting, too, how quickly she, she just was like, holy shit, I have nobody to turn to. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. She's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. My and she was so unwilling to, like, <laughs> um, get help from anybody. Like, even her own husband. It caused such a rift in their mm -hmm. relationship. Yeah. Her ex-husband. Yeah. Yeah. She was very much, like, she, she seemed like she always felt like she could only lean on herself and could only trust herself. And, I mean, it's probably because she sees so many people come through with problems that have been caused by other people. That mm -hmm. like, yeah. yeah, you really only have yourself. True. You guys ready to be rocked? Yeah. My female MVP of the entire series is one that was gone too soon, and that is Livia Soprano. <laughs> I literally need to leave. Goodbye. I was wondering when she would come up. I, oh, I love her so much her misery and her shit faces and her the just, worst mom oh her utter disdain for every source of sunlight that could be brought into her life was just a revelation 
Bianca, she literally tried to organize a hit on her own son by her brother-in-law. Yeah. yeah. Here's the thing, though. She is the only person on that entire show that had the capability of bringing Tony Soprano down several notches with a word, with a face. No one else had that kind of power over the most powerful man on this fucking show. I know, but it always just bummed me out because it was his mom. It's like, yeah. Yeah, that's like kicking a horse while it's down. Like, of course your mom's going to fuck you up. <laughs> but I just loved, I loved her power because everyone's going on and on about how masterful Tony is and how big he is and he's just unbeatable and you can't get to him. And it's like, guys, mm-hmm. really? Because Livia, all she has to do is say like, ugh, these cookies are too sweet. And he's sent into a like, spiral, and he has to go see Melfi, and he's like, oh, James Burger cookies! And like, light her it. kitchen like, on fire. With Melfi, he can, like, tell her to fuck off and not go see her for a couple weeks. With Carmela, he can turn off the money and make her fend for herself <laughs> in her little fucking projects that she gets. But with Livia, he had no recourse. Like, he could, stop, he could stop paying for her to be in her retirement community but he never he would never get those balls i just live with himself i did every time she opened her mouth the sound that came out just like nails on a fucking chalkboard she was like yeah like she's like no one ever calls me i'm like shut the fuck up you're horrible they don't call you (laughs) stop crying about it you're like fuck you like what are you crying oh boy you Poor you. Yeah, like, oh, her voice. Yeah. I'm here for the ultimate villain in the show. She she was the ultimate villain. How about Junior? Junior's end, though. So sad. I think think that's where Tony would be right now. Yeah. I think that's where Tony would be right now. Probably. Interesting. That was really sad. Talking about that, like, let's end it with what do you guys, what did you guys think of the end? I loved it. I love the end. I think, sorry, go ahead. I, no, I think the way it ended was just like, wow, this family is just gonna be miserable forever. And that's just how it's gonna be. And I think it was a really realistic ending. I did see some rumors that like, oh, he was like killed, but I think, I think like the way, so the, in the final scene, when we, when we're, they're like panning to all of these different people and you start thinking, it's like, oh my God, that guy's going to kill him or that person's going to kill him. It makes us paranoid just like he is, you know? And I just think it was really, really awesome. I loved it. MC? I had a moment right when it happened where I was like, what the fuck? And I like fumbled to check Crave to make sure that I was actually at the end because I was like, did I miss something? So yeah. that was like a bit, I think from like a strict, like loving the show, being a fan of the show viewpoint, I was just bummed that there wasn't more. Um, but then like upon further reflection, I completely agreed with Ray and I was just like, okay, actually this is fast. It's like a fascinating look at what it means to be Tony and the people around him because it, we we were with them for such a brief amount of time, but like to remain committed to that, that's his whole life. His whole life is moments of 
maybe this is over. Maybe I've reached my max and then, okay, I'm mm -hmm. safe for a little while longer, but everywhere I go, I'm going to be paranoid and terrified. I'll keep making money and providing for my family, but maybe they'll also die. <laughs> and then like yeah. crescendos and valleys and like the, the, the true amount of exhaustion and anxiety that those characters felt like were, was so well portrayed in that moment. Like being, yeah. I could really relate to Meadow Soprano being someone who wants to go out in the world and do her own thing. And she's pulling in and even she's probably looking at the people in the diner being like, do they know who my dad is? Do they know who I am? Do they know where I came from? Do they know where I'm going? Like you would just con live in that constant state of fear. And I yeah. have for that reason. The ending was brilliant. Yeah. I mean, I'm the type of person that I love when things are tied up in a really neat bow and I know where everything's going and I know how everybody does at the end of their lives. But you're right. And, and to your point, MC, about they were with us for such a brief time, they were taken away from us so quickly that you don't get that kind of satisfying conclusion. And I yeah. think it just makes you think about them even more. Like if we knew, yeah. okay, Tony got pinched, he's in jail now for the rest of his life. You just be like, okay, well, that's where he ends up. Whereas, like, it's, it's like 20 years later and people are still just like, but what do you actually think happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just yeah. off. And I need to say, I like, I remember hearing my dad watching the show downstairs going, oh, what the fuck? Oh, someone some <laughs> touched something. Oh, no. And, like, just scrambling around. And it's so funny that 20 years later, Megan, you're doing it with, like, your Crave <laughs> remote. Just yeah. like, oh, no, did my streaming service go down? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, I, I think, think it was the perfect it was ending. Totally, and I, I think it was totally intentional. They knew exactly yeah. what they were doing, and and I thank God every day that they didn't do the opposite, which would have been drag the show out for like t ten more seasons or whatever, and have like these plot lines that don't make sense anymore, and all the characters go downhill, and the writing gets bad, and then the ending yeah. is shit. I liked the way that they did it. It was like with respect to the show. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. As sad as it is to to look at a show and be like, oh, there's only six seasons. It's so good though. You're also just like, that's the perfect amount of time for it to stay at the height that it was at, like with the great writing and the great casting. Cause yeah, if it had gone on 10 more years, who knows? They might've had to replace Carmela Soprano, get a younger actress in there. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah. with Gandolfini dying in real life, like what if they you tried know. to replace Tony? I know. I thought it's it such was... a, I, I, sorry, I was just going to say, I have so much respect yeah. for any creator who can make a decision like that because like we all are creators and I just think if you know you have a good thing I would that people are loving I would want to run with it for as long as possible so just step back critically and be like no this is the right time like this is a completely different situation but Schitt's Creek did the same thing and I had yeah. so much respect for them because I was like they truly could have milked this for all it was worth and made it shit in the end but made so much money and created such a franchise but they decided not to because it was the art that like mattered the most to them. And I just have so much respect yeah. for that. Yeah, for sure. Um, I thought it was interesting too. like in the final scene, they, they show like this, um, like collage of like American dream kind of stuff, like on the back wall of the diner they're in. And I feel like that's such an, like an interesting um, commentary on like, how far you're willing to go for this like American dream. Like how much are you, like, of course, most people aren't gonna like become a mobster and kill people, but we all have our own ways that we justify the things we do um, to be the people we are and to like live the way that we live. And I think that is like, it was great that it ended on like this mediocre, like 
this is how it is kind of vibe. Yeah. Agree. He's eating in a diner with his family. He's not yeah. surrounded by strippers. He's not with one of his mistresses wearing a fur coat naked underneath. Like he's just <laughs> out with his family waiting for his yeah. daughter at a place that yeah. doesn't look that great. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. All right. What a way to end it. Oh my God. I have been looking forward to recording this with you guys like for a month. So Thank much fun you guys too. so much. Thanks for making such detailed notes. You guys brought so much <laughs> intelligence to this. I was like, I'm just going to sit there and talk about my love for Rosalie. <laughs> <laughs> love Rosalie. Right? Sopran, oh no, she didn't, but we did. Thank you girls so much. I love you. Thank love you. you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you had as much fun as the Megans and I did recording that episode. We were just bouncing off the walls. We planned it months ago when I found out that they were both watching it at the same time. Oh, it's a good one. I, I think I'm gonna have to go through it again. Start at the very beginning. We've got the time. Please, if you can, Bees Nest Podcast. Subscribe, rate, review. Thank you so much. We'll see you next time.